Are you all ready to join me today in our trip to outer space? Come along quietly or not. I will talk to you of art. For there is nothing else. Some artists make a Yes. Bite Hello folks, this is another episode of the Planet Shivers podcast and just like I promised, here's the video intro. I'm here, you can see me, I can see you if you're watching on YouTube. If you're not, if you're listening on another place, I'm still glad that you're listening but you could actually see me now on YouTube. I'm going to try to keep this up. So to open up on this episode, we got um, Mike Strunk is on the episode and he's going to talk about lots of horror movies. We cover everything from Rosemary's Baby to Pumpkinhead to The Martyrs to um, the one with the cucumber. This guy here. It conquered the world. We cover all sorts of horror movies and really get, we cover everything. So I think it adds a whole bunch to this monthly theme of horror movies that we're trying to do here on Planet Shivers with all the different guests. Also, I figured being that we're doing video, I could do a little bit of show and tell. I like talking music, so I'll just talk to you guys about what I've been listening to lately to get me through this month so far. So, let's see. First of all, for all my vinyl friends out there, Amy Winehouse. So, I picked this Rarities album up. It's got a lot of fun stuff on it, and yeah... You know, you can never go wrong with Amy. I'm always looking for weird releases and things that I don't have yet. So this is one of them. Also, nothing the rainy country week puts me in the mood for some Hank 3. There we go. This is a more recent album of his. Um, still on the Curb label. But this is a little bit more... This isn't as country as it is kind of weird, punky thing but there's country in there and I appreciate the melding of genres this is Hank 3 take as needed for pain for those listening who can't see it and also I've been listening now I have this on record but I'm showing you the CD because I didn't feel like digging it out Ellington Uptown so what you got here is probably it's a later Duke Ellington and if you've heard my jazz ramblings on here before you know that I prefer the 20s and the 30s as opposed to the other decades of jazz Ellington Uptown came out in 1948 but that doesn't mean it ain't good because the real jazz artists this is my opinion now but the real jazz artists so I'm talking about Duke Ellington Count Basie Artie Shaw Benny Goodman to a degree later on Armstrong the musicians who were really composers and eat, slept, and breathed it, they continued to evolve as time went on. Now, at this time in the late 40s, you had bebop starting to wend its way into jazz, and you also had jump blues, which was the kind of the pop example in the 40s. Rock and roll and blues mainly started to sort of take hold. And uh, in a pop kind of a way. So you had jazz 
and the blues melding, which eventually would become rock and roll. But before it was rock and roll, it was known as jump blues. Guys like um, Louis Jordan, he's the main one. Louis Prima would be another good example. He doesn't often get lumped in with jump blues, but he fits right in with Louis Jordan and um, a lot of other. It wasn't a huge genre. It really was big on 45s. It was kind of that era of 45s where people knew the songs better than they knew the musicians on these records. And Jump Blues was really the pop answer to when jazz started to become above people's heads. You go from the swing era, big band, Glenn Miller, all the schmaltzy stuff that everybody sort of jumped in on for the money, which is fine. You gotta hey, you gotta you gotta feed the bulldog. But as jazz started to wind and get more heady with guys like Dizzy Gillespie, who straddled the line between swing and and bebop, but you also had Charlie Parker, Miles Davis, all these musicians who started to approach jazz as more of a fine art than a music and the kids want to dance that's as plain as it is if you can't dance to it it isn't going to be a pop music that's the reality so the young people started to move away from jazz unless they were the beatniks who were far and few in between but the main populace started to move away from jazz and find something more more exciting which then turned out to be jump blues so on the train of jazz, jump blues kind of sprouted off and that is what eventually really evolved into rock and roll. Especially when you get into the genre of like Texas Swing, which was country music mixing in with jazz, mixing in with jump blues. So you have really this, what a crazy ass fertile time for music to have all these genres colliding and that's what birthed rock and roll that's where you get Hal and the Wolf, Chuck Berry, Muddy Waters, Buddy Holly, The Big Bopper, um, Jerry Lee Lewis you know all these guys came out of that that really was what it was all those genres were pretty separate then when Jump Blues hit, everything kind of collided. And boom, there you come rock and roll, which pretty much, again, blew jazz out of the water for the most part, with exceptions here and there. But that's my jazz rant for this episode. I don't want to get stuck on that. For my artists out there, COVID's starting to creep up again. It never went away, I know, but it's they're saying it's getting worse. So now is really the time for us visual artists. I've had this conversation with friends. Now is really the time for visual artists, me included. I've heard a million artists complain, oh, we have no time, there's no time. If only I had more time. Well, guess what? Now you got the time. And if you think you suck, guess what? We, everybody sucked. We all sucked when we first started anything, anything. You think Eric Clapton was a good guitar player or Hendrix? You think Bakshi was any good? Uh, not Bakshi, uh, Banksy was any good? 
Now, everybody sucks when they first get started. On that topic and on the Halloween topic, I'll do a little more show and tell. So this is a drawing I did of the horror movie Abby from 1974 with Carol Speed. So I did this drawing in 2015. For people listening who can't see me showing it on YouTube, I'll post the drawing on Instagram. You can check it out there or hop over to the YouTube version and um, check it out there. But I did this drawing in 2015. You could see... It ain't terrible, but my shading is very, very simple. I hadn't figured out the correct way to crosshatch in a way that I like yet. I hadn't gotten into stippling, none of that, haven't done any of it. I was working heavily with the Prismacolor marker still and the Micron pen still. And if you look, like my hands are a little wonky. Um, Face isn't bad, but you can tell this. So this is five years ago. So look, it's all a process. I don't draw anything like this now. And in five years, you guys won't be making art, whether it's music or your visual art or you're an actor, anything like that. You won't be the same in five years. It's so incremental that it's frustrating. And I know it, but it's all incremental. And... You look at a year, you look at two years, you look at three years, and you start to go, holy crap, god damn it, I, boy did I grow. So, don't stop now, where the silver lining of this whole thing is for the artist, we finally have the time. There's a lot of worries, but look, there's always going to be worries. I am the king of worrying, there's always going to be worries, but you got to seize opportunities too, when they're in front of you. Um, note from my actor friends, you're stuck at home, nobody's doing plays, nobody's directing, nobody wants to film within six feet of anybody, you know, unless you're making a movie about masks, there's nothing going on. So, do a monologue in the mirror. Jim Carrey used to make faces in the mirror, do monologues in the mirror, act for yourself, amuse yourself, if you're stuck home anyway, turn off Netflix, stop looking at other people act. And start doing some acting yourself. I don't care if you put on a play for your stuffed animals. Doesn't matter. Keep keep those muscles moving. Keep yourself working out in whatever art you have. Because underneath all the bad stuff that's going on, there's opportunity here. And that's, that's the thought. Me convincing myself that is what kept me sane. What carried me through this nutty ass year. And... It might work for somebody else. So that's why I'm. this is the point of this spiel. Lastly, you guys know I'm a motorsports fan. Mainly NASCAR, but I watch just about all the, all the racing stuff I can. Three weeks to go. I know you don't care, but whatever. Three weeks to go in NASCAR. The next three Sundays, I don't want to know nothing. Leave a message with the doorman. Don't bother me. <laughs> I don't want to know nothing. For three more Sundays, then racing is over. There's one more other series that, because of Corona, they got pushed back that they're running late late into November. But I'm very excited. My guy, number four, Kevin Harvick, he's still in it, so I'm still pulling for him. And, yeah, I won't go on too much about that, but I'm excited about it, and I just want to share some excitement with you guys. With that said... 
I think I've droned on enough here. Let's get to this episode with my best buddy, Mike. And also, Isaac jumps in for a bit. He's back on the show, and I'm excited to have him on there, too. It's always a pleasure to sit down and talk with these two guys. They're my friends, and um, it really comes off in our repertoire of just how much Mike knows about horror movies. He's lived and breathed it since he was this big. So he knows all there is to know. And I had fun talking to him about it. I was anticipating this. I knew I had to get him in for Halloween month to talk horror movies. So enough out of me. Let's get to the interview with Mike. Not even an interview, just a conversation. Why? It's not even an interview. I don't want to. These aren't interviews, these are conversations. Human down to earth conversations. Okay? So let's get to the conversation with myself. Mike Strunk and Isaac, and don't forget, Wrong Kong Jigglers, they're on eBay. Go check them out. This was Abby. This was Abby. <laughs> A woman loved and in love until that night when something evil came looking for a soul to possess. I can't stop thinking about your husband. <laughs> that creep. Forget him. Was this Abby? Now the fun starts. Grab her. Hold her. Hear me, demon. Leave this woman's body. Abby. Rated R. Hey guys, just one more quick thing before we get to the interview. Prior to the conversation between Mike and I, Mike had had some weird contact with some mold and it really upset his allergies. So if you hear sniffles and sneezing, don't worry, don't get crazy. It's it's not corona, it's truly just allergies. Rather than going through and cutting out every sneeze and every single sniffle and trying to hide it from you guys, I just want to be up front. That's the deal. There's nothing to worry about. Enjoy the conversation. All right, we're rolling. 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 So, this is another episode of Planet Shivers Podcast. This is Albert Shivers, and I'm back with Mike and Isaac. That's your banjo, Isaac. <laughs> no. Oh, shit. What's his name? Warren. Ba- I was trying to think. Beatty is his last name. The guy from yeah. Ned. Ned. Ned Beatty. Warren Beatty. Ned Beatty. Was a, okay. Ned Beatty. Warren Beatty was a different. And we can dedicate this to the to the fat ass who got raped in Deliverance. And that'll start off our <laughs> show. On, See it's um, But we're here to talk about horror movies. Horror movies. It's, it's Halloweeny time. It's Halloweeny. And um, we want to like get real deep into. Not necessarily like the messed up horror movies for the sake of them like being messed up, like but like the deeper ones. Like we were talking about Rosemary's Baby being one of those kind of movies, and possibly like the first one of those kind of movies, maybe. Well, that's the whole thing. Is for me, like I'm this horror freak. Most people see that see me that way but in in reality when i think about all my favorite movies 
they're not kind of typical horror movies. It's kind of like, what can I say, a horror movie you can tell immediately just by the sound of it and the lighting of it. But I was a child of the 70s, so, you know, what's his name, Polanski or, or, mm-hmm. or you know, some of the directors that were Kubrick that were doing the horror movies, they weren't making formulaic horror movies and that's the fun of it you know The Exorcist is just like a really twisted drama as well you know and Mm -hmm. I think people know it's a horror movie but but that's all my favorite movies are the ones that end up being kind of horrific but aren't really horror movies I love horror movies too but they don't generally make my favorites like even recently I think my favorite horror type movie in years was Black Swan I loved it Mm -hmm. and it was exactly that it was not a horror movie and I loved the Pan's Labyrinth and I loved Mother and I loved yeah I loved yeah and all these Mother is like an anxiety horror movie like Mother plays on anxiety and like plays on your emotions more than just like a jump scare or something spooky. Like, it just keeps shoving it to you, that movie. Yeah, that... You knew that one was a winner. Since all the snobs out there that... What, what was that they always say about it? It's pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> pretentious. Yeah, no. No, it was not pretentious. It was, you know... Offensive and... Disturbing and, you know... They wanted their popcorn to taste good and, and be able to be safe and happy, and that one pissed them off. But that was a really, really good movie. Yeah, and you're right that 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 kind of anxiety that people have, that social anxiety thing. It's yeah, it was. Yeah, you're talking about martyrs, and that's the neat yeah. thing about like the movie Mother would be a terrifying ordeal for somebody who has social anxieties that doesn't like to deal with public situations. Yeah. And it just hits you there. Mm-hmm. That's why that one was neat to see in the theater. Where with Martyrs, the thing that was neat about that was that they actually made something horrific. A character, a horrific creature, a monster out of the woman's guilt. a spoiler in order to go into why that is but I thought that was one of the most brilliant things about that horror mm-hmm. which again wasn't a typical horror it was it just went in some horrific direction I, I don't know it's kind of like horrors are stupid and like sometimes that's good and sometimes it's not good I hate every Freddy Krueger movie I've ever seen can't stand them you know people would hang me for that As a matter of fact I don't think I liked anything Hardly anything that Wes Craven ever did. Except for two things, I think. Last House on the Left, typical, you know, fucking rape and brutality porn. Kind of nothing extravagant or wonderful about it, but it was good enough. But, yeah, I get really irritated. Actually, I turn off more horror movies than I ever did before now. Mm-hmm. Because the formula is so whipped up, but you give me another Black Swan or another Pan's Labyrinth or something real like that, 
mother, and I'm all there, you know? Melancholia, neat, twisted, dark movie, you know? That movie you showed me, uh, Trouble, Trouble Every, Every Day. Day. Great, weird Yeah, drama. I wanted to rewatch that. I should bring it by, because I've been wanting to mm-hmm. revisit that one. Yeah, you showed it off from Jenga and Hess to that one. Yeah. What else did you show? There's one other one. Inside, inside, which was the same woman that was Beatrice Dolly, who was in Trouble Every Day. Yeah. Inside was the one with the the expectant mother gets into a car accident. Yeah. And her baby dies, and then the woman who hit her becomes pregnant, and yeah. then Beatrice Dolly's character decides that she's gonna get that baby, the other woman's baby, mm. but you know because. She feels that yeah. she took her, you oh, know, shit. eye for an eye thing. But that, see, that movie, here's my beef with that movie is mm. I don't like slashers. Yeah, And that boring. was, like, it was a slasher. But what held my interest, and again, like, it's something weird about the French and their horror movies. Like, mm. somehow they get it with horror movies. Um, like, that element of them taking their time works in French horror movies. But with inside like this just that the storyline that it's a little bit deep. There's something there. Mm-hmm. Like it the, that eye for an eye, like one woman experienced the loss. So I'm gonna put that on this other character. Inter- it was interesting. But I think those that was the other one of those three. Yeah, see that's another way where I would say that I'm like a bad horror geek. You know, number one, I don't like Wes Craven films. And if I see any movie and it has a person with a mask and a knife, I won't watch it. Like, fuck you. You're playing that same old routine, that whole same old formula. Slasher movies are, are damn boring. But they're out there, but I need, somebody has to give me a, like, I love Black Christmas, I was telling you, and, mm-hmm. and different movies like that. So, you know, but all in all, it's a pretty... And that slasher shit's pretty boring. But I remember I liked Halloween and I liked the first Friday the 13th and I, you know. But. Hmm. Yeah. Slashers are kind of boring. Yeah, well they were like Deep really Red big. Deep Red was really neat. Which one? Well, Deep Red. I think that was sort of a slasher film. It's weird. Artsy. It's the same guy did Suspiria and all those. Um, mm. Dargento. What the hell is it? Yeah, there's another naughty thing a horror freak's not supposed to supposed to immediately know the, <laughs> oh Dario Argento that's it mm-hmm. but yeah so did we watch Martyrs together? no you chickened out I right. chickened out I remember that this was like way back mm-hmm. when Netflix was still in the mail mm-hmm. you had gotten it and you gotta get the original yeah which is French right? I thought it was Canadian but maybe I'm okay. wrong no, I, I have no idea. I can't there, remember. Yeah, there are, you're right about that. That there is a, a newer one. No. That isn't that. as... But it's you had ex- you ex- I feel like I've seen it. Because you explained it to me pretty good. But I would like to, you know, eventually sit down and get over myself and watch it. Well, you know, and remember the horror that I wanted to put together with the deer. Yeah. The deer coming after the, girl, the woman. That. In short short because she was delusional over the fact that she left her kid in the car 
and and child got stolen. So yeah. it's her guilt coming in horror form. Right. That's the kind of shit, you know. That's what I'm talking about. The martyrs. There's a character mm-hmm. in that movie that just is just a a, 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 a creation of her guilt, a monster made of her guilt, and it was such a neat idea. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. I think you know. I'm trying to. Th- It'd be interesting to sit there and think of how many of my favorite horror movies are horror movies. Right. You know, like Rosemary's Baby is definitely like one of my top two. Like it is my favorite. Maybe there's I don't know, but that's not again. I don't think that's a typical horror movie at all. It just you know. I don't know how it was advertised back in the day, even. Might have been neat if they would have never yeah. really let you know. Into, but, like, Devil's Reign is definitely one of my favorites, and that, to me, is a horror movie. Mm-hmm. For some reason. I think, like, anything else, there's, like, subgenres almost yeah. to things. But all the ones, especially, I think, in Rosemary's Baby's, Baby's Time, like, horror movies were really just considered like drive-in make-out movies. So I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't really promote it that way. Maybe. There's just some intense drama. Well, then again, people got pretty nerdy and they started getting pretty elite, you know? Like where the generation before that in the 50s, that was real drive-in movie. That's the blob and I was a teenage werewolf and, you know, and, but some of the snobs started to take over in the 70s mm-hmm. when you had Kubrick and De Palma and you know Polanski doing movies so it might have been advertised that way but these people took themselves fairly seriously mm-hmm. you know oh, but there's still completely. the great schlockers still going on and no one's going to get any better than the old Vincent Price movies and they to me are horror movies and they're yeah. great yeah. and the H.P. Lovecraft would hate them Probably, or Poe, if he, I should say, not Lovecraft, Poe would probably roll in his grave if he saw them, and they mm-hmm. were considered schlockers at the time. Yeah. But I, there's, like, Massacre Red Death is definitely one of my favorite horror movies. Yeah. That is I a like, horror movie. I like that one, too. They're great, you know. And, uh, what's the other fucker that we love so much? Nicest guy, you see him doing documentaries about his films, and... He just looks like the kind of guy that you couldn't not like. Uh, Cor- Corman. Roger oh, yeah, Corman. yeah, Roger. Okay, yeah. Everything. All yeah. of that shit's fantastic. Yeah, he had his fingers in so many Buckets things. Buckets of blood and, and yeah, uh, just all of them. Yeah, that stuff's great. So so I'm definitely a horror fan. I don't know how many of Corman's movies would be my favorite. Uh, so, you know. The thing about him is, like, there you might like a movie of his, and then you don't even know it's his. Yeah. Like, that's how many movies he's got when you realize, oh, damn, that's a Corman movie? Well, I think I watched Die, Monster, Die with my kid, partially because she can handle it, because uh-huh. it's not too crazy, and she's eight years old, and that was Boris Karloff in his later days, and I think that might have been a Corman movie, come to, come to think of it. Yeah, there's always that little bit of psychedelia in the beginning, you know? You see the blood and the purple paint. Mm. twisting around in a big swirl <laughs> you know see and that's yeah that was I'm sure that was promoted that way except you know in the 60s and 70s kids were dropping acid and smoking grass and then going into the drive-in yeah so 
So, you know, yeah, that's true. Kubrick, as serious as he took himself, I know what he was doing when he put half of that 2001 together. Mm -hmm. He was feeding brains like yours, Isaac. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> that's sure. exactly what I wanted out of you. It was just a... <laughs> Again, I don't I don't find myself being offended by anything, especially because I'm curious. And if I hear something's terrible, being the hard dork I am, I want to see if I'm you know if it really is that terrible. And I, and I always have to go out of my way to see the worst films and see. But uh, I don't. In the end, I don't. I don't think any of them are my favorite films. You know, and there's some that are kind of small. Uh, like the solo movie that everybody you know that's kind of a horrible movie kind of was good too in a weird kind of way so I'm sort of surprised with that one mm. but uh like real horror movies like Halloween it's Halloween I'll give you good real horror movies Pumpkinhead yeah that's one of my very favorite Halloween movies You've shown me that one, and That's I liked just, it. I love it. That's it. It's just it just has everything. And a big demon living in a pumpkin patch, and a weird witch, and weird revenge story gone bad, and the guy's sold his soul, and you know, I don't know, and then trick or treat. Yeah. I watched the '80s trick or treat, which was absolutely awful, <laughs> but it was about a hairband metal. Ooh. Satan demon that arose when a kid played a record backwards and mm -hmm. knew that that had to happen eventually because of the back in the 80s but everybody loved it because Ozzy Osbourne played a priest in it who was like no it's terrible heavy metal will make you kill yourself and mm -hmm. eat your puppy you know so yeah so that was kind of funny <laughs> terrible though yeah Good horror movies. Creep show. Yeah. That one's fun. Over and over and over again. I like Hocus Pocus now that I have a kid. And I have to appreciate things like that. And I like it. Mm -hmm. Goosebumps 1 was a little boring. 2 was pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. You know what I think could be a, a Halloween movie that nobody really thinks about, but it, you could slide it in there on the autumn thing? Needful Things, which is another one you had shown. That's one of my favorites. That's a nice yeah. fall-time well, movie reason, to me. Yeah, the Stephen King movies are wonderful fall-time movies. I think for us particularly, because we're from this side of the country, uh -huh. and if you're on the East Coast, so to speak, I don't know, like most of us over here think of the New England thing. Yeah. Know, the old graveyards and the old buildings and the fall time and the pumpkins and everything like we mm -hmm. like that that to us epitomizes Halloween. Mm hmm And that's one thing about Stephen King is all his stories are always up there in New England. He's right. really good at making like the, the little small quaint town situation gone to hell you know yeah. for the same reason you like Jaws kind of you know just just it's, people don't realize like, how good
good with stories and yeah even though people don't a lot of them didn't do justice to a lot of those stories but yeah needful things was great so now i want to hit you with this yeah yeah um did we ever watch the the two this has been this theme throughout this whole month with me but did we ever watch the two blackula movies I've seen the Blackula movies, but I don't remember if I watched them with you okay. or not. Because I think, like, they are amongst, like, on the fun side of horror movies. The lighter side. They are my favorites. Like, the second one more than the first one. But even the the whole thing, like, I think that the name is silly. <laughs> and that's where people lose interest or, like, brush it off. Nah, like, those movies, like... They're legitimately good. Like the whole backstory of him. He was this African king. And then the evil white man comes in and stabs him. And curses him. And now he's a vampire. Um, And they weave in like all this African mythology. Specifically in the second one even. Then he comes back and he's like beating up pimps. You know for like enslaving their sisters. Like there's levels to it. I don't know like that like... Well, By the end of the movie, you, you're really rooting for him, you know? That's kind of how I remember it. Is it's kind of, like, outrageous, but good also because of the time period. Yeah. Like, you feel about it the same way when you watch The Warriors. Like, it mm-hmm. was just kind of like a good movie about some ridiculous, wild concept, you know? I guess it was supposed to be sort of sci-fi. It's not sci-fi, but it was futuristic, I guess. But it, it makes it takes me back to that time period. Mm-hmm. So yeah, <coughs> how about like our alligator movie? I love the alligator movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is you see a movie like Alligator and you think, well, that's going to be stupid. And what are you going to do to make an alligator movie interesting? Well, people don't realize that that movie was an effort that they made back in the day to try to cash in on that Jaws phenomenon thing. Mm. So they tried to really put a good budget in it and give it good actors. And, and yeah, people wouldn't know by just seeing Alligator that it, that there was that much effort put into it. But, yeah, you know, it's, it's a real, that's a really fun horror movie. Yep. It is, and it's not, you know, like they weave in, you know, the guy who's, like, throwing the dogs down the sewer. Yeah. Like, it's all well-weaved. You know, it's it's not a, it's well written in for what it is. Yeah. You know, for a movie that ends with a giant alligator, it was well written up to that point. Well, I think like when you watch Jaws, I think it was just a schlocky thing that nobody realized was really gonna go anywhere. Uh-huh. But they did such a nice job on it that it just Yeah. You know, they said half of it was because Spielberg or whoever it was didn't like the mechanical shark and took out like three quarters of the shark scenes uh-huh. of the movie which added tons of suspense to it so you know like, like it just everything even the, the soundtrack soundtrack all that so you know so that was a stupid schlocker that just was done well and went in good and mm-hmm. then alligator was trying to do that and yeah. Because they, you know, try and put the effort in, then it just went stupid for people. Yeah. It's like, why do you put all this effort in a stupid alligator movie? But when you're sitting here 
being my age, watching that movie, seeing all those old actors and shit, and it's like a cool 1970s gritty New York movie. I like the birds. Yeah. And that's not a typical horror movie. No, either. it's not. Any of the Hitchcock ones aren't really typical yeah. horror movies. Everybody goes for Psycho, but I like the birds. I like the birds because it was so well done and so much time and effort and acting and everything else. And what was it about? Just killer birds. Why? Who knows why? Yeah. That's it. I thought that, that. Yeah, no, that's the best thing about it. So the birds just get like a feather up their ass and go it. crazy. That's one of my favorite horror then, movies yeah. for that reason. It's like, nope, sorry, no explanation for you. You just get attacked by fucking birds for no reason, and then they stop attacking you, and you're just staring at them like, what the fuck? What are you going to do? You know, and they tiptoe into their cars and drive away. Yep, that's a good one. And that's not really a horror movie. Mm. It's just a weird, yeah. I love all the, the I like the Omen and the Omen 2, and I mm. like Amityville Horror. And, uh, yeah, they're all kind of satanic, but they're more like dramas, too. Mm. I think Possession was also very drama. Yeah, that and, was both. Yeah. That was like... I don't know what the hell that was. That was like really, yeah, that was like drama and and shit, but it also was, I don't know, just weird cult-like. Mm -hmm. Some lynchy shit about that one. Yeah. That's definitely a favorite. Yeah. So now where do you think monster movies, do you think they fit in with horror, or should they be their own thing? I think that's what makes a horror movie sometimes monster movies. Like it conquered yeah, the world. You know, yeah, that's that's it conquered the world. Well, that's a that's a horror movie, but it's a science fiction. But it's yeah. both. You know, like I'm sitting there thinking, why the devil's reign? And I don't know. It's because you know, it's because the guy turns into a goat. You know, it's like. <laughs> That's, you know, well, that's, a the fact that that's a monster movie, sort of. That was an interesting year or interesting decade of having the older actors, whether it was Shatner or Borgnine, who maybe were like, you know, a little bit older, not that they were old, but, you know, to have Ernest Borgnine turn into a goat. Yeah. And then later on... Have him say that, like, yeah, that movie freaked me out for a little bit after I did it. Yeah, you know, John, John Travolta was a eyeless zombie. Yeah. see, these are that's that's monster movies. You know, it's that's that to me is what kind of makes that a horror movie. What's the movie? It's got a great poster, but the movie itself was I don't, I don't, iffy, but fine. But it was like monsters in space. And there's like a scene with like some creature that like eats a girl's clothes or something. Are you talking about the Galaxy of Terror? Maybe, yeah. Sid Haig was in it? Yeah, possibly. See, I like that one a lot. And that Let's one see. is just a, a schlocky horror movie. I wonder if that was Galaxy of Terror. I remember That's like... That's an oddball. Like, the poster very well, but I also remember... 
seeing it here with you. I bet you that's it. So I'm just looking it up now. It's like a mon yeah. Galaxy yeah, it's just, Star. It's just yeah. It's just a, a yeah. It's just kinda It's just Yeah, like it's this a monster movie. Yeah. Yeah. It just like there's one weird fucking monstery thing after another. Mm -hmm. And uh you know, you have no you, you really don't know what to expect and you know you're gonna run into more than one thing and that's what it is. Yes, that was that popped into my head for the monsters. And it is a Corman movie. Is it? See? It is. is. Yeah. Yeah, you know. I should really just go down the list and start from beginning to end. Right. And watch all the questions. I can't movies. even imagine how many movies he's been involved in. He did in. a lot. He, he worked fast. Yeah, well, he, he like delegated a lot, too, which was fun. Yeah. Okay, so. And he did all kinds of other shit, too. So right? he was the producer. So, means like he kind of had his hand in. He was the producer of 414 films. Yeah. He directed 56, but he was the producer for over 400. Yeah. So there you go. Like, that's, you know, all the way up to last year. What was his last one? Just his last producer. one is called Abduction. Abduction. And then just before that was Cobra Gator. Go back until I've seen one. Okay. All right, here we go. Just to show you what we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Death Race 2050. I know it existed. Sharktopus vs. Werewolf. That, that was his? Yeah. Uh, now I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad he's still up to it. So did he do all the clown natos and Maybe, let's see here. Like, Fist of the Dragon, Operation Rogue, Sharktopus vs. Petcurda. I'm saying a name of a thing wrong. Water Wars, Palace of the Dam, Death Race, Inferno. Wow. Virtually Heroes, Stealing Las Vegas, Piranaconda, hey. Attack of the 50 Foot Cheerleader, Camel Spiders, oh. When Your Life When Life Gives You Lemons, Death Race 2, Shark to Puss, yeah, right. Dino Croc or Super Gator. Dino Shark, Splatter. I mean, I kind of want to watch some of these. Yeah. Cyclops, Death Race, like the new version of Death well, Race. It's good to know he's still doing. I, I've seen the, I've seen some of these movies and didn't yeah, know like, his. Yeah, this is like figures. two or three movies a year almost. And he again, like some of these, he's directing. Some of them he's producing. Some of them he's executive yeah. producing. So I went back all the way to 1954, and the movie in '54 is. Monster from the Ocean Floor. That's his first? Yes, he did yeah. that. And at the same time, he did a movie called Highway Dragnet. Yeah. Shit. But Monster from the Ocean Floor was the first thing he... And it was a producer. Like it was the first heavy involvement like as a producer. And it looks like there was some like other... Um, like he did... He was involved in the original Fast and the Furious from 54... Five Guns West, like some, a lot of westerns, and then it eventually turns into horror. There's a movie I saw when I was young, and it was a black and white movie, 
And I'm thinking, I wouldn't be surprised if that was it, because I remember laughing about it because it was so, so stupid. And it was about a monster from the ocean floor. And basically you'd have these people on a cheap-ass submarine, mm-hmm. and every once in a while there's a round window in the submarine, and in that round window you would just see the eye of something come up and mm-hmm. look in there, and suddenly you know the... the the submarine mm-hmm. would shake and it would just go back down. <laughs> and then, you know, they fix something, a hole in the side, and they, you know, just, and every, like, that's it. That's what it was. It was just an eye of something that kept going into the window and back down. Mm-hmm. And they did it like six or seven times. And I thought, wow, that is awful and cheap and stupid and funny. But I'm sitting there thinking, that would be about the way Corman really got started. I wonder if that's the one. Yeah. No, could it could be. be. I wouldn't... Yeah. I mean, that's... It's something that right. amuses me that I remember, not something I'd ever have to look back to see if it was. Mm-hmm. But, you know, now I'll have to look into it. I bet you it was. The cheesiest, like, worst horror movie I think that I'm really in love with is the movie Carney, which Carney. is... Probably one of the only horror movies about the Jersey Devil, but it was a sci-fi channel like made-for-TV movie. Did you bring that one over here? I think I did once, but I'll remember. bring it again because it's okay. it's like these two like real sleazy carnival guys capture the Jersey Devil and bring him in a carnival, and then he, the thing gets out. So you have Lou Diamond Phillips as the lead cop trying to beat these crooks. To get the Jersey Devil. But the whole, like, you know, it's in the fall. You have the whole carnival aspect thing to it. Like, the carnival, the bad, dirty carnival people roll into this quaint town in the autumn and bring their monsters. So it's it's fun. Of Like, at that time, this is like 2008, sci-fi was just rolling out um, TV movies. There was one, like there was a Yeti one. There was one with this big prehistoric bird called Wyvern, and there was Croc, which was another one. And they were just like pumping out all these. They did a Maximum Overdrive two, huh? like they were just pumping out all these made-for-TV movies in the late two thousands. Huh. Maximum Overdrive two. Yeah, it was lousy. Yeah, no. Like, it was so lousy because they couldn't show. The trucks hitting people. Because? So, because it was for TV, I guess. Oh. I so they'd that. like... Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Really rev it? you up. Like, yeah. here comes the truck. There's the person. Here comes the truck. Then they'd like cut to someone's like shock expression. And then you just see like a sneaker fly. Yeah, and there's like a sneaker fly and the grill of the truck is red. <laughs> and you're all just kind of... Kind of supposed to Dagon. Which okay. was sort of stupid and cheesy, but it was kind of... Poor Lovecraft. That's the thing. Is like, I can go way back with all the Lovecraft movies, and all of them would be very disappointing to that man. Mm-hmm. And they're all stupid, but I like them all. And uh, they go back to the Dunwich Horror, or the Die Monster Die, which I was talking about. It's like... What did I watch? I watched Let's Scare Jessica to Death the other okay. day again, which I watch at least once a year. And I don't know yeah. Why. Just well, I have those like 
every like Abbey. I watch Abbey every year at Halloween. Yeah, Blackenstein. I don't like Blackenstein. I don't know if I've seen it. I just that's know it, it that like. See, it can't just be that. Like for me, like it can't just be that. Like it yeah. can't just be the shtick. You gotta give me something else. And I think like I really like the Black of the Stories. I like Ganja and Hess. I like Abby because there is like there are there are moments of Abby that the woman who plays her, Carol Speed, like she does a damn good job. Like she really threw herself into that role. People used to do that. Yeah. They used to give a shit. Yeah. And nowadays they're like no powder how, in their noses. Yeah, like no matter how dumb it was, you know. So like, I really like Abby, but I don't like Blackenstein. Like, cause it's yeah, it's just the shtick. I don't think I've ever. It's seen like oh, you're just you're Frankenstein, but you're black. Okay. Yep. Like what else? I think like, they might have done a Jekyll and Hyde sort of parody. They too. did. They did Doctor Black and Mister Hyde. Oh, of course. But the crazy thing about that uh-huh. is in that movie, the the doctor's name isn't even Dr. Black. Like, it's like Dr. Williams or something. And they, it was like that extra little, like, scroogey that they're like, well, we got to promote this, like, as a black horror movie. Yeah. It's like, oh, just call him in the title, Dr. Black. Yeah, it does. It sounds very... <laughs> yeah, that, together. that one's fine. Another movie, see, like, this one, I found is annoying that I like it, but the movie Jennifer's Body which was done by the Juno people with uh, Megan Fox was the lead in that and Amanda Seyfried. But they did the Jennifer's Body movie, like the high school girl who gets possessed by the the emo band. And I really enjoy that movie. Like, I really... I enjoy the whole thing because it reminds me when I first moved to Pennsylvania that's... I hadn't experienced the small town world until I moved here and Juan Pawpack Holly was my first introduction to that small town world. Yeah. And it didn't seem real to me. It didn't seem real that everybody knew each other and the parents all knew each other and everybody went to the same place and hung out. Like, look, when you're hanging out, like when the Walmart is 24 hours... And that's where, like, you want to hang out. Yep. You're small town. That's it. Small town. And Jennifer's body completely reminded me of, like, that Holly Honesdale, Wampaw Pack thing. So you're saying of it's the, the same youth. people that did Juno? Yeah. That's interesting to me because uh, the truth is, I kind of like Juno. And that's amazing because I hate this generation. I hate. Hate that soundtrack more than any music yeah. on earth. I didn't have any problem I with hate the movie. That moldy peaches shit. But That's the soundtrack, like, but like whiny, god awful. Whippy kids and like, like I, it had to be okay for me to be able to tolerate what that shit, you know. Mm-hmm. That <laughs> I hate that yeah. shit. But like, if you take that right and take away that soundtrack. Yeah. But to replace it with like very emo, modern, punky soundtrack. Something, yeah. Which is better, but not much. Not much better. And rather than a pregnancy and a possession, that's yeah, Jennifer's it. body. Right. I would swear I maybe I brought it over, but yeah. I'll bring it over again. Because yeah. I think it's, you know, I think it, it's just fun, and that's all I'm after. Fun horror movie. 
a convent. Okay. And I don't know if you'd like that at all, but that is what I, that's a schlocker that I like. And it's very, very stupid. It has like the tough chick with a machine gun who just like zaps down all yeah. the zombies. It's the kind of thing that I couldn't stand watching generally. But there was something about it. And it was like a weird teen movie. The first five minutes of it are just amazing. Um, a little Catholic schoolgirl. You've shown me Did the I beginning of it. Yeah. She's like shotgun and the nuns and nuns are dancing mm -hmm. on fire to that old 50s song. <laughs> yeah. Convent was really funny. And uh, there were characters in it. There's like these goth kids. And one goth kid, I don't know, he's trying, he's making up satanic lyrics in a Christmas song, you know, and out pops the satanic nun. And then he's got this boyfriend who he's trying to sacrifice, who who's just there because he thinks he's gay. Mm -hmm. And he likes the other guy. You know, there's like all that stupid modern high school dilemma. Yeah, there's the jock and the cheerleader and the, and the goth kids and the, you know, it's like the breakfast club horror movie. Thank you all for listening and watching this episode of the Planet Shivers podcast. You can find more episodes to listen to on the Albert Shivers YouTube channel or you can go on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, the podcast app, and Apple Podcasts to hear all 44 episodes of the Planet Shivers podcast. If you haven't been listening, we talk to filmmakers, we talk to artists, and also just generally interesting minds. All the episodes are fun in their own way. And I want to thank Mike for being on this episode. Coming up, Luke and Andrew come back to talk more about horror movies and... I have a conversation with an amazing, up-and-coming sort of artist. She's established, in my opinion, Heather Lee, who's currently working on a painting series of a deck of tarot cards. You're going to want to hear that conversation. I'm excited to talk to Heather. And it's all coming up soon on Planet Shivers. Don't forget to also check out the Insomnia Art videos on the YouTube channel. And you could like and subscribe on YouTube and like and subscribe on Instagram at Albert Shivers. Most importantly, I hope everyone's taking care of themselves, staying healthy. Take care of yourself and take care of somebody else.